0: Hi my name is Anne McElhenney and I'm Phelan McElhear. Welcome to the Ann and Phelan Scoop. We are yes. seven months into the two week flatten the curve lockdown.
1: Yes that's a long two
0: weeks. And today is our wedding anniversary. Yes. Happy anniversary Phelan. Happy anniversary. 19 years today. Ballantubber Abbey, County Maine. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan got married in Ballantubber Abbey. See this? See us? Hollywood was somehow in the Stars film, you know? Yes, Pierce Brosnan married Keely Shea Smith in mm. August of 2001. That's uh, the correct. Same year The same year that we got married. And uh, Ballantubber Abbey, 800-year history, and was sacked, I believe the phrase is. Is, is sacked the right verb? Sacked, sacked by Cromwell which I think means burnt to the ground.
1: No, no, the roof was burnt off it.
0: The roof was burnt off it. But you know what the distinction about Balintabar Abbey is? And by the way, it's a really beautiful place and you should all go and visit it. Uh, obviously, it's a kind of a pilgrimage place to me because uh, Phelim and I got married there 19 mm. years ago. But uh, the other thing that's interesting about Ballantubber Abbey, it's the only place in Ireland that had continuous masses for 18 years. But you know what? Eighteen, I bet the COVID... 18. Eight hundred years. Yes, eight, I bet the COVID stopped
1: it. Oh no, it's, 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 so it's famous for having the continuous masses even when the, during penal times when there was no roof in but it. there was no roof in So the part. parishioners went to mass there during rain, rain snow, snow sleet. But of course, it won't have had continuous masses. No, like, I did That's what yeah. I
0: just realised. Because the COVID, of course, but they could do it through Cromwell's,
1: and the penal laws when it was illegal to be a Catholic in Ireland.
0: Yeah, you know where are those Catholics now? They're not nope. many of them around these yep. days. But yes, yeah, so he was. It was uh, the the abbey was founded eight hundred years ago, and Cromwell's and his marauding hordes sacked it so in sixteen fifty three.
1: To all our British listeners, and we have many of them. Yes. you may know Oliver Cromwell as a great uh, restorer of democracy and anti monarchist and. Uh, Let's just say... Let's just say he's
0: not popular in Ireland. He didn't
1: get great PR in Ireland.
0: No. No, but he didn't do much for his own PR in Ireland now. But we're not going to get into that at all. Oh, we are. Well, sure, why wouldn't we? Yes, but... Monster! Anyway. Anyway, um... At least failing we're still talking to each other because i mean i have to say the COVID now is very challenging to most marriages it particularly marriages when people are working together alone yes.
1: would you refer to any marriage in particular
0: this particular marriage as a, <laughs> the only one i'm moving on uh we were in texas this past weekend we went to visit some friends we yes. were in austin texas we were in junction texas and we were in secret locations that we cannot mention
1: oh, that's the place we had breakfast so we can't the place it.
0: we had breakfast which actually had a really nice town where uh, quite a big Hollywood star is living that we don't want to expose his his location. But anyway, um, but when we drove to Junction, Texas, we drove through this town. So we've driven to Junction, Texas, to see a friend of ours there. Catherine, shout out, how are you? Um, We've driven there twice, I think it is now, at least twice. And we've gone through this town, Friedrichsburg, which is just gorgeous. You're going to see some pictures of it right yeah, now. you
1: can see that on the YouTube, if you're watching it on YouTube. On
0: the YouTubes, if you go onto the YouTubes and watch this yes. on the YouTubes. I know you many see. of us,
1: many of you listen on the podcast, Apple podcast app, but you can,
0: you can but get, I get pictures of us. Uh, yes. where we've been. But Fredericksburg, I thought, Fredericksburg is a beautiful place between Austin and Junction, really gorgeous, about an hour and a half, I think, outside Austin. It's German. It's and, and, and very German, Bavarian this and Bavarian that and all kinds of sausages and all that kind of thing. But the thing that I think is really interesting for people who are not American, maybe who are listening and people from other parts of the United States, is to realize that in that part of Texas, they make wine um like a lot of wine actually by the way so very interesting and very gorgeous but anyway what else is happening in today's program
1: uh later on we interview sarah carter sarah a carter um about obamagate uh, and the scandal around that and don't forget the obamagate movie is coming out soon uh that's the the the, the movie starring dean kane christie swanson john james uh, about the deep state and the plot to undermine Trump's candidacy and presidency, and it's verbatim, only using the words from the text messages, the memos. It's it's, it's and stunning. Given,
0: and given COVID, we're going to release that on well, U- on the YouTubes for free for yeah. you. But we would love if you could donate even like a dollar or five dollars. So, so we want as many people as yeah. possible to donate. But so go to
1: ObamagateMovie.com to, to make it happen. So we noticed, a, yeah, what else is on the show? Well, we noticed a weird thing about the New York Times, breathless tax revelations about president. Trump. Yes,
0: we did. And we have heard George Clooney has spoken, by the way. It's a little bit like Taylor Swift. You know when they talk about global global warming and they say, well, we can't t- say much about global warming until Taylor Swift speaks. Well, we probably couldn't say anything really about Brianna Bre- Bre- Taylor until Kentucky's most famous um, citizen yeah. uh, decided to speak. So George Clo- Clooney has spoken about Brianna Taylor and we're going to hear about that. And watch yeah. this cat now hopefully not toss the, the camera, fa- Magda. Oh. Um, and three v- and we have a story three democrats who voted for amy barrett in 2017 to confirm her to the federal appeals court suddenly won't be confirming her for scotus but we're going to we're going to get into that and the los angeles times apologizes for racism now it probably wasn't
1: it wasn't i can tell you it wasn't racism and you know what they're definitely not apologizing for racism, even though they say they are apologizing.
0: Tell us about Donald Trump's tax, Phelan. Well, you know,
1: you know, Donald Trump has paid almost no federal income tax uh, in, in the last few years, according to breathless headlines from the New York Times. But then if you go uh, and Google it, you go look at the New York Times, October the 10th, 2016, and the headline of the New York Times is, Donald Trump acknowledges not paying federal income tax for years.
0: Yes, yeah, so so, so this breaking news story this last few days this massive breaking news story, you know here's a little thing New York Times maybe they should do a Google and film before they go with a breathless broken news story in case maybe they broke that story before or in fact didn't break that story that was us looking at the cats I don't know what he's up to now Magda yes. needs to supervise now, yes, um because maybe it isn't that um they ever broke a story because he broke the story himself yes right yes.
1: yes. Oh, uh, sorry. We're just we're anxious about this cat. There. This cat needs to not they, be they, doing. Let's just say they misbehaved when we were away uh, at the weekend. So we're we hoping did...
0: that that cat wouldn't be thinking now of doing anything yes. over there in the corner now. Yes. Yes. Okay, Magda and may need to get involved there. Yeah, but anyway, no.
1: Well, well no, he's, you know it's distracting, but um, he's, not in the shot. he's not. He's not in the shot. Oh, I, well, it's not so much. I don't care that he's in, in the no, shot. No, we don't I, care about that, Magda. We I care well, about the
0: fact that he's not going to be doing anything in the shot.
1: Or, or, or out of shot.
0: All right, of shot. But
1: let's. So then, the other, uh, the other funny thing about uh, the breathless. New York Times revelations was who he owes 400 million um, which he kept secret by the way all his debts are on page 35 of his financial disclosure form uh, which he submits every year and who he owes it to and where they are so that's fine, but four hundred millions, and, oh, they're coming due in, in the next four years. Oh,
0: God, so he's under a lot of financial pressure, is he, film?
1: Yes, he is, and you know, that makes him vulnerable. Oh, vulnerable. Right, so, first the of Phillip all... Phil
0: did a very back-of-the-envelope calculation here this morning.
1: Well, first of all, I think if he gets re-elected, uh, those debts will be continue to be paid off, as they are being paid off now, and the debts will be extended, right? They will, you know, no bank is going to say to the president, you, you know, you're earning 200,000 a year whatever the president, that like you're giving away. You know, you need to come back and work in the company. So, they're going to be extended. If he loses the election, if he doesn't get elected, I mean, how would the president and his family come up with four hundred million mm. in the next year? four years. Well, let's years see. Sounds like a lot of money. film it?
0: came up with a very good way of them making that money.
1: So, if you look at those uh, non entities,
0: non entities, low
1: achievers, low achievers, Harry and Meghan,
0: who, by the way, have no story to tell. Like, yeah. I mean, like boring, but boring.
1: Yes, they get a million a speech. A million
0: right. a speech. Now, I think a former President of the United States might make quite like a bit of money president if he Trump. made a speech.
1: And then you've got Don, and Eric, and Ivanka. Yeah. And throw in Jared as well. I should she, throw him in, why not? Yeah. But anyway, let's just go with the four of them. Don, Eric, Ivanka and the President. They got a million a speech. That's 25 speeches a year.
0: I think they could manage that, film. Yes. And as you mentioned earlier, which I thought was very good, and a good memory actually, George W. Bush was so I was enjoying so much making money for those speeches that he might do three of a day. Yes, three of a day. He by would the go day. to
1: New York. He would fly up to New York, and he would do the breakfast speech here, a lunch speech, and then an evening speech, and, and stay in the one hotel, and get and make. And he used to get. He got. And back then, it was two fifty a speech.
0: Can I just say that if I was getting that kind of money for speeches, I'd be speaking the whole time. Yeah, so you'd never shut me. You in. know,
1: let's just I and mean, by the way, let's just say they don't get a million a year; they get five hundred thousand a year. That's fifty speeches a year, and it's like you know. So yeah, then you are. The I just say you know, with fifty speeches, that sounds like one a week. No, do three a day. Uh, you know, doesn't take
0: long. Doesn't take up long to make up the four hundred million. You see, that that's yep. the, the, all you need to know. Anyway, moving right along and going to a story from Kentucky. So George Clooney, we're so lucky, you know. So George Clooney has spoken about the Brianna Taylor story and. Here's, here's what he, here's what he, you know, and it's, and it's, and this is news, by the way, to the grand, this will be big news to the grand jury, by the way, from, from George, huge news. Here's what Clooney, Clooney expressed how ashamed he was of the grand jury's decision.
1: The decision, and we need to explain to people that Brianna Taylor was the woman, the EMT officer, the ex-EMT officer, who was shot dead in her own apartment during a police raid. When the police raided, uh, her boyfriend said he didn't know that it was the police and shot and they fired back and killed Brianna Taylor. Now, up until recently the story was that Brianna Taylor was in her bed.
0: Well, exactly well, yes, exactly. And actually this is this is kind of the point and exactly, but then the, the grand, grand jury, jury <laughs> um actually did an investigation and And spoke discovered, to everyone and discovered was, she was
1: in the hallway behind her boyfriend as he, fa- as oh, he was wow.
0: shooting. So he was shooting at the police officers. She was behind him. And she got shot because the police officers were were defending themselves and actually trying to disarm this man or make him stop. But here's what George Clooney had to say I was born and raised in Kentucky, cut tobacco on the farms. This is relevant, obviously. This is relevant. This is relevant, so we should listen to all of this. I was born and raised in Kentucky, cut tobacco on the farms of Kentucky. Both my parents and my sister live in Kentucky. I own a home in Kentucky. I was there last month. Now that would make him. I suppose that's by way of him being very qualified. Is that it?
1: Make him a legal expert on. It the, would make him a legal expert on, on
0: policing and on what actually happened inside this apartment yes. on the night that that Brianna Taylor died. You know, so he just needed to tell us that. You know, I think, by the way, I'm gonna say more about uh, George Green in a moment, but here's what he went on to say. The justice system I was raised to believe in holds people responsible for their actions. He continued, her name was Breonna Taylor and she was shot to death in her bed by three white police officers who will not be charged with any crime for her death? I know the community, I know the Commonwealth, and I was taught in the schools and churches of Kentucky what is right and what is wrong. Can I tell you a little I bit, am George ashamed Clooney? Of this decision. I am ashamed of this. Can I tell you a little bit, uh, George Clooney, about what is right and what is wrong, George Clooney? By the way, you should talk to your wife, by the way. She's a bit of a lawyer. I think she knows a little bit about facts or about well. how important. Hang on, at she's, least in her training. She's she, one of them
1: human rights lawyers who's not really a lawyer.
0: Well, oh, controversial. I've got some information for George Clooney. George Clooney, the facts really do matter. No, Brianna Taylor was not in her bed when she was shot dead. No, she was not. And, and shame on you, by the way. Shame on you for inciting people with falsehoods when the truth is what, need, what needs to be told at this point to people. To introduce this next story, we have to do a segue. So here's the thing. About a week ago, I frightened myself by asking myself a question I couldn't answer and felt I should have been able to answer. So now don't be looking at your computers now and don't do anything. I'm going to ask you a question and I want to know if you have the senior moment that I had. Because I scared myself. It's not a senior moment. I, well, I scared myself. Well, I thought I was having a senior moment. Um, a Biden moment. Here's the question. Who was Hillary Clinton's running mate In 2016 So I thought of this question As I said About 10 days ago And I thought Oh my god I can't work that out And I kept going through stuff Magda can't remember Now Magda is Magda can't remember Oh that's good Okay Magda's proving our point now Because Magda has a very fresh brain And has a very very fresh brain And she's young She, a would, young say, she would
1: say I've just had a child
0: And she said you know, But by the way I thought I was having a stroke Because I was thinking, how could I not know who this is? And I wasn't even, I was actually going to lie to Phelan because I was thinking, I can't tell Phelan because he'll realise I'm, you know, losing it completely, right?
1: 19 years later, who did I marry?
0: Who did I marry? Exactly. You know, 19 years later, you see the years go on. So I'm having this total senior moment. Then I eventually thought, I better tell Phelan. So I said to Phelan, I look, eventually looked it up because I thought, okay, I looked it up and then I said to Phelan, and then you said... That you had literally the reason you were able to answer was you had literally look- just looked it up yourself. Yes. Because you couldn't work it out either. So this is my very very long way of getting around to the well, second to the story. Well, and then happened. we
1: went to visit this person. Oh, we went to Texas, visit this person in Texas, who's, who's very super political. political, right? You know, is it? You know, it's very very political. That's and you, Catherine. She, and no, no, it was, it was the other person. Oh, it was the other person. Oh, oh yes, I got you. And um, she couldn't remember. That's, That's you, Stephanie. She couldn't remember. She
0: couldn't remember. Yeah. And she's like right in the thick of this stuff so this kind of is my segue very long segue into this story three democrats voted to confirm amy coney barrett to a federal appeals court in 2017 but none of those people say they'll vote to confirm her to the supreme court following her nomination on saturday those people are senators joe donnelly democrat indiana joe Manchin, mansion democrat west virginia and the tremendously forgettable vp nominee in 2016 tim kane yeah that's the name tim kane remember tim kane
1: no Virginia.
0: no we don't remember tim kane no one remembers tim kane and do you know what i was thinking when i was writing this i was thinking wouldn't it be awful sad to be someone who's that forgettable like like he really was on the main stage he was on the he was on the national stage not, well, uh, and this is four years ago no one can remember him
1: and let's be, obvious, let's be honest too. hillary hillary had and i assume she's got them sorted out now. She had medical issues. Like Hillary, definitely had some kind of medical issues. What's that got to do with Tim Kane? Well, he was going to. it was very possibly going to be the president.
0: Oh, that's right, and nobody could remember. So, can you, you know, bad and all as everything is, but do you imagine being that? So, whatever is going on in your life today, and no matter how miserable you might feel, you're not Tim Kane, who was on the national stage and no one can remember him. And by the way, all of you guys listening, if any of you were not able to answer that question, could you please write and and reassure me that I wasn't having a senior moment. But Magda now has reassured me because Magda couldn't remember. That's very good. And Magda, you can play that game with your family, by the way, when you go home today. Because I'd be interested now, some of your family now, some of Magda's extended family, I think would be pretty fast. It'd be interesting. I'd be interested now to see who'd get it. You should do fingers on the buzzers and tell them they're not allowed to look it up. Yeah. What else is happening, Phil?
1: So the LA Times has apologised for its historical racism, right? Uh, You know, and... uh, But... Basically, they haven't, right? They've apologized. Uh, I mean, f- for example, the U- and they're doing a whole series on blah, blah, blah. blah. Oh. But, but the, the main, if you go onto the website, the apology with where the, where the whole, all the apologies out, all the stories, the main story they're using is one from 1981 with the headline, Marauders from inner city prey on LA suburbs. And basically, they're apologizing for a sh- story that they say is racist, but actually, it's a hundred percent factual and very sympathetic to the criminals and never mentions race and you know it's i mean here, here's what should have told them: it's not racist a times computer, so it's about how basically people from poor areas in la are going to rich areas to steal you know uh and a lot of them you know dozens of them in a times computer analysis shows that 41% of the felons who stole money or property in a sample of middle and upper class suburbs in 1979 were ranging out of the inner city. You know, um, An ex- especially intense study of the chief target area of the western suburbs suggests this percentage is nearly twice as large as it was in 1969. So in other words, uh, this m- migration of criminals into rich areas uh, uh, to poor areas was is a growing problem was a growing problem in 1981 uh, and you know the 80s was a very violent time in la and you know this was a computer analysis they're apologizing for using statistics they're apologizing for using facts because the facts don't i mean and by the way they spend an awful lot oh yeah i very sympathetic oh right? yeah you know a lack you know a lack of jobs a lack of education you know, and they interviewed one guy, Trotter, who was one of the one of the criminals, you know. A ghetto family of fifteen brothers and, and sisters called the pygmies, you know. And they're infer- they're they're infamous for their pioneer as pioneer marauders, right? Pioneer so
0: they, marauders. That's what
1: they're called. Like this it's a criminal family. I don't care what race they are, they never say what race they are. And I don't care. But you know and by the way
0: Just because you're poor, you don't have to do crime, right? But also
1: if you know why do you rob? Was it Willie, whatever Loman, or whatever you call him? Where Why do you, you rob r- the bank?
0: Because that's, that's where, where the, the money, money was. is.
1: Why, when you live in a poor area, did you go to the rich area to rob? Because that's where the money is. And actually, even the time—it's a great piece. I mean, I you know I I haven't read it all because it goes on and on. But the actual original piece, and they they even say inner city criminals still prey more frequently on residents of ghettos and barrios than they do the residents of the suburbs, but. The computer analysis shows that the increase in marauding of the out of the inner, inner city has been accompanied by a decrease in predatory crime within the ghettos and barrios. So, you know, the criminals were getting smarter, and they were realizing why why steal here when there's not much to steal? Let's go out. I mean, so this is not racist. This is you know, this is logical. This is rational. This is based on computer analysis. There's nothing to apologize here for at all. But you know, and. and I wanted Lionel Shriver wrote this wonderful piece in, in the Spectation. Spectator, and she really sums up what's going on here. And she calls it the Vanity. That's the Spectator.co.uk. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. She's if it's amazing. A, she called Lionel Shriver the author. We've had, the we've had her on the show, and
0: we've had her on the show. And she says she's really tired of being right all the time, but yes. she really is right all the and time. And the
1: piece is the Vanity of White Guilt. And she says, "When I was about ten, and returned home from church, I had a peach, and the juice of which dribbled down my pink frock. I scuttled to my room to change, and she hid the." Um, dress under the bed and she was guilty, whatever. Sure enough, my mother discovered the wall by vacuuming and she was furious. She could have scrubbed out the juice. And I told her about it right away and uh, to this, you know, so then she, she's, she, she still remembers that day with, with shame. Mm-hmm. She, she, she realized she did not act, she made a mistake. She did not act responsibly. She covered it up. And you know, so she's talking about guilt, right? And she's talking about these apologies and what real guilt and what shame is. And she said the issues are two. First, one of of her column's running themes that she writes about a lot, emotional fraudulence. This is emotional fraudulence. Clarion declarations of moral dereliction, such as racism, do not have the texture of guilt. They are prideful. They have the texture of preening. Elaborate racial apologies are a form of showing off. (laughs) They are. The LA Times is showing off here. Now, when she wrote this, the LA Times hadn't made its apology, but there was another apology at the time, and and she talks about it. When last month, the actress Jenny Slate, who also made it an abortion rom-com, that's me saying that, not her. When last month, the actress Jenny Slate resigned from the animated Netflix show Big Mouth, because voicing a half-black character was, quote, an example of white privilege, unquote, an act of erasure of black people, close quote, within a system of societal white supremacy, quote. She wasn't making, a, she, she was not making a career sacrifice, but she was actually bidding for elevated status. And, and believe me, the LA Times is not destroying its brand here by apologizing for racism. They're doing what, what she said, they're bidding for elevated status. Bet it works too. She's bet Jenny Slate isn't short sure of work for long. Yeah, yeah. You know, and this, this this is you know, she says these confessions are also defensive, they're diversionary, and a, an attempt to opt out. They translate as you don't want to come for us. We're your side. We're allies. We're the oh, nice yeah. white people. Yeah, go nice for people. them. Yeah, yeah, go for those horrible white people over here. And actually, by the way, have some petrol and matches, and uh, you know, <laughs> let us help you uh, yeah. burn them all, and we won't call the cops. So it's. It's, you know, it's that old thing about uh, people who, who try and do this. It's like feeding a crocodile hoping they'll eat you last, you know? And uh, so, but you know, as people have discovered, often this doesn't work. Often the mob don't care about your apology, but that, that's what it is. It's an attempt to deflect to other people and it's an attempt to raise their branding. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't, don't buy these fake apologies of non-existent racism. I mean, the idea that the LA Times was full of racists, it's just, I mean, it's just nonsense. You know, they've been, they've been politically correct since the day zero. So yes, now we are going over to the Sarah Carter interview that we talked about at the beginning. Uh, we're going over to, to talk about Obamagate the movie and Obamagate the scandal. We recorded this interview just before we came on air, so let's go over that interview. We're joined now by Sarah, Sarah A. Carter. Um, she's a Fox News contributor. Uh, She's a national and international award-winning investigative reporter who has specialised in national security, terrorism, immigration and has spent over a decade covering the wars in Afghanistan, Iraq and Pakistan. And in her career she's written for many papers and many outlets. The Los Angeles News Group, The Washington Times, The Washington Examiner, USA Today, US News World Report and she's also won two national headliner awards and she won the Society of professional journalist awards for a series on the Mexican cartels you can find her work at sarahacarter.com. Welcome.
0: She, welcome Sarah Carter. Welcome.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It's so great to be with you and it looks it's lovely beautiful. over there. I'm thinking California weather, right?
0: We got a heat wave right now in the Santa the Santa Ana, so we're just hoping for no more wildfires. No more wildfires. Um Oh god, yeah.
1: Yeah. You've been doing a lot of work on Obama uh, and Flynn and all that. We wanted first to talk about Obamagate. As people know, we're doing the Obamagate movie starring Dean Cain and Christy Swanson coming to YouTube near you soon. And uh, it's a wide subject, it's a wide conspiracy. And, and I am not a conspiracy theorist and I hate using the word conspiracy, but I think it's justified here. So I think we should give people, start off by giving people some of the juicy snippets rather than going to the wide conspiracy, given some of the recent developments. And I mean, just last week, um, Came out about FBI agent William Barnett. Uh, he was the person involved investigating General Flynn, and he always believed there was never any evidence of wrongdoing by by General Flynn. And he was basically he kept excluded. saying he got excluded. So he kept saying this, and he and he was basically getting sidelined and excluded. And then, in a complete breach of protocol. Uh, the interview with General Flynn was done with his knowledge. He he found out about it after. Talk, tell us about that.
2: Well, I think from looking at William Barnett and, you know, understanding how the FBI is, first people have to take a step back and realize that when people go to the academy in Quantico, the first thing that they're taught as FBI agents is that you're supposed to remain non-political. It's all about the facts, right? The, the whole joke was just the facts, ma'am. I don't want to hear about... Your relationship with your neighbor. I don't want to hear about, you know, how you feel about your boss personally. I want the facts. Like, mm-hmm. what are the facts? Mm-hmm. And what we learned was that that was not what was happening. And William Barnett is a perfect example of somebody who, who I believe, along with others, and I think we'll see that in the near future, uh, left a trail of crumbs to expose what was happening inside the FBI. And instead of looking at the big picture and looking at it narrow like you want, this is like the, the most important tidbits. What Barnett said was, from the very beginning, I was charged with Flynn's case. From the very beginning, I, along with others, did not believe this three-star general, this lieutenant general who headed the Defense Intelligence Agency program under Obama, who was actually a Democrat his entire life. So take away all those political leanings right is a traitor to the united states not he may have made some mistakes maybe how he was handling his first business he was trying to figure things out he had a partner okay right all that aside it had nothing to do with russia it had nothing to do with a conspiracy here was this man who had dedicated more than 30 years of his life to the military left his family on overseas assignments. I'm a I'm a journalist, I covered the war. I remember traveling to Afghanistan in 2010, you know, 2008, 2007, all the way up until, and, I'm, and I'll fast forward that, all the way up until 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, during those earlier years, Mike Flynn was there. He yeah. was there as the head of intelligence. Um, so what Barnett did was he exposed what he and others inside the FBI really couldn't believe was happening. Yeah. What had happened was you have a small group. You have Andy McCabe, James Comey, Peter Strzok, head of the Russia division. Um, Andy McCabe was the deputy director then, and others that were very well connected and in with this group that abused power and weaponized yeah. weaponized the agency to target the president. That is not a made-up conspiracy. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is laid out in hard cold facts in documents.
1: Um, Some levels, it's dangerous, but in other levels, it's ridiculous. Flynn, one of the things that, that's so suspicious about Flynn was that he gave a paid TV interview to, to some Russian TV station and that he had a dinner, he went to a dinner where Jill Stein, the head of the Green Party, also went. Right. Uh, and It was pictured in public, sit- and he got the prime seat next to Putin. As a journalist or as an intelligence analyst, you would be derelict in your duty if you were told we're gonna we're gonna send you to to Moscow and you're gonna sit at a dinner next to Vladimir Putin, next to Putin. You, you know that you would you would be you should be fired for not going.
2: Oh, absolutely right. And he briefed the DIA. The thing is, is even after he was forced out of the Defense Intelligence Agency by President Obama. Remember, he and Obama got along great. I knew Mike Flynn. I actually would go to the Pentagon. I I reported often under President Obama. I broke the first story in the Obama administration when I was at the Washington Times on the black sites. I, full of cooperation, that was where we used to take our terrorists, remember, and uh, do all the interrogation. When Obama was first closing those sites down, I was the first reporter to break that story at the Washington Times with Eli Lake. So I worked with the people at the Obama administration I knew some of these people and I remember that Flynn was being pushed out and Flynn was being pushed out and he got pushed out of the DIA because he had an adamant disagreement with the president. He told the president during that time, I do not believe that Al Qaeda is on the run. And I believe we have a formidable enemy and we need to face that. But at that time, the Obama administration didn't want to do it. So now back to your question about Putin and the roundtable, right, when he went, with Russia Today to do that. I I interviewed him after he got back, actually, for Sinclair Network. When he went there, he actually, we found out later, that he had debriefed the Defense Intelligence Agency prior to leaving, and he briefed them on the way back from Russia, debriefed them on everything. So he was still doing his job. He was still spying, but they hid that. They kept that private because they knew it was classified. They knew he couldn't talk about it. And then they railroaded him
1: it's what happened carter page as well carter page was working for the cia and they asked him to go and meet dodgy russians and then the fbi yeah, yeah. used the fact that he was meeting dodgy russians to uh, to start an investigation into the trump campaign but like let's talk about you know other from the really ridiculous to the really really ridiculous
0: yeah we want to want to talk about the 20 the 27 phones um, from the Mueller investigation team that were accidentally wiped so that tw- you know and of course it's very believable that 27 individual people could make the same mistake by by turning what did they put it onto airplane mode and then they put their passcode in like four times or ten times the- wrong until that wipes the phone I mean that's very understandable it's happened to everyone hasn't it yeah
2: Right, right. We always do that. And especially someone like Andrew Weissman, who was, you know, Robert Mueller's like pit bull, his right hand man, the tough guy at the SDNY, the one that never forgets anything. He just happened to wake up one morning and had just a Biden moment. I can't remember my passcode. I'm going to put it in 20 times. Other people lost their phones. Other people happened to just enter it in the same. It was like there was some kind of a psychological attack Yes. on the Mueller team yes. and they all they all at one moment randomly now we all know that that's not true we all know this is a lie and that's what makes it so ridiculous i'm glad you're pointing that out and then they, but what i think is even worse is that they expect us to buy that right they expect the american people and the rest of the world to be so stupid that we would be like oh yeah of course that's what happened
0: well i think they're i think they're very lucky however that they have a very compliant media who are not running this as a headline everywhere right. because i mean any ordinary person like the most ordinary person you could ever find anywhere will smell not just like like just a bed of rats in that. It's like really okay. That didn't happen. This is this was an orchestrated wiping of the record because there was stuff there that they did not that they desperately wanted to hide. I mean, this should be a headline story everywhere. This proves, you know, not that we need a lot more proof any from anywhere, right. but this proves that there is an unbelievable amount of dirt there that, that we're not getting to look at.
2: Right, Anne and Felim, and let me let me say this because. I am one of those ordinary people. Look, I'm a journalist. My My whole job is instinct, right? So I travel. I write stories about people, about tragedies, about hope, about villages, about war, about love, about hate, just like you. You're writers. You know, you, you look at a story and you have characters. And then there's some characters and you sniff them out and you're like, eh, something isn't quite right here. Yeah. yeah. And you start going down that road. And that's i'm like I'm like anyone else, I always tell people there was nothing spectacular about me, other than the fact that I knew General Flynn from working with him for a long time i couldn't believe I couldn't believe the stories that were coming out about him. I was stunned i'm like, yeah. oh my goodness have i have I really thought yeah. this wonderful three star general who loved his soldiers and took care of people was a, a Russian asset, and this president who I talked to multiple times is somehow working with the Russians and the Manchurian candidate. And then I was like, no, something is going on here. Something is rotten in Denmark. Yeah.
1: Let's go to the wider. Tell people what Obamagate is, because we're making a movie about it based on the text messages right. of all these people, all the memos, all And I make,
0: I make the point all the time that I think it's so, it's so vast to me. It feels so vast. What, what happened here? What's Obamagate?
2: this is what the people who were involved in Obamagate are trained to do. They are trained to make a mess of everything so that you can't really pinpoint what was happening. But I'm gonna tell you this, this is where they failed. They weaponized the system, systems that we trust as Americans, both the FBI and the intelligence community, that includes the CIA, they weaponized that system against a sitting president. More importantly, they utilized the tools that we, the taxpayers, mm-hmm. paid them, trained them, so that they could utilize these tools against U.S. enemies, right? They utilized them against the president. That means they utilized them against the American people that voted for them. The simple fact is, I remember a long time ago, and it never came to me until now, and I was actually thinking about it today before I came on the interview with you because it just hit me all of a sudden kind of like a wave. When I first started as a journalist at the Daily Bulletin, I was covering a lot of stories on immigration and uh, customs enforcement, and also as well as the immigration and citizenship. You know, there was a lot of issues with that. There were people, contractors, a mess inside the government, people getting let into the United States that didn't get their security clearances. I had a lot of whistleblowers, broke a lot of big stories there. But I had one source, and it was an intelligence person that goes by the name of Doug. I'm only going to say Doug. Mm-hmm. And Doug told me one thing. He said, Sarah, the biggest story is the corruption inside the bureaucracy. It's years and years of corruption, of people not being held accountable, of people sitting in positions of power that believe they deserve that power and not, and no one to check on them, no balance of power. So what we're seeing here and why I'm so frustrated four years later after mm-hmm. all of these investigations is that he was right. Who's been held accountable, Kevin Smith? This was the biggest story in American political history, modern history. They were trying to overthrow, whether you like Trump or not, you can hate him, you can love him, you can think he's the, the swiftest, smartest guy in town, or you can think he's the worst guy in town. I don't care what you think about him. Nobody has the right to usurp the American system, the Republic, mm-hmm. and take out a president. We're not Pakistan. You know, we were not supposed to be. That's why people come yeah. here. Yeah. yes, right, so right. that's the real story. That's the real story. The yeah. real story is a bureaucracy that's run without any control and without any oversight. Yeah.
0: When we had the FBI lovebirds that night when we were in D.C., some FBI agents retired, came to us. Um, and, and, and And active, actually. Yes, you're right. Came to us quietly. And we've had more since then who've said, thank you for doing this. My whole life's work you know, was in an organization that I loved, that I believed in, and this has happened, you know, and it's a terrible thing because the whole organization is a disgrace right now. Um, And I think the question I would have next is, are we going to see
2: prosecutions? I want to believe in my heart and the sources that I've spoken to, and just recently spoken to, so I'm not talking about just like weeks ago. Yeah. Have said that Andrew McCabe is at the center of John Durham's probe, meaning that the deputy director, at the highest levels that I know of, is right now. Uh, the Durham is honing in on him, and that there is evidence to prove that he basically tried to usurp this investigation. That he withheld evidence from from his agents. We saw that now with um with with William Barrett with with his admission to what happened. But the sources that I spoke to said that's, a, that's what's going to happen. I don't know. You want to know why? I want to believe the truth. But we have 30-something days left till the election. And nobody yet has been truly indicted and outed yeah. for this. And what happens if Joe Biden wins? Just what happens if he does? I mean, we're not psychics. What's going to happen to this case? What's going to happen to the people that should be held accountable? And by the way, in a Biden-Kamala administration, a lot of those same people Comey, John Brennan, Clapper, Susan Rice, all of them, what's going to happen? They're going to come back. Yeah. So yeah. you tell me. You tell me. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I could say definitively yes, but I want to trust John Durham. I want to trust William Barr, but they're the only ones that can make a difference yeah. right now. The Department yeah. of Justice, that's it.
1: And the mainstream media are not doing their jobs. I mean, if you look at, you know, uh, Peter Struck has, has his book out now, uh, which I'm reading, where, where he compares uh, Trump to um, to the to, to to the Nazis and to the Shah of Iran and di- dictators and all sorts of uh, other people. Uh, um, but Struck and Page, you know, at the moment Struck is giving these softball interviews to friendly outlets, and you know his texts are being described as anti-Trump texts. These are the texts from the FBI lovebirds, we did the play, and, and it's, so Struck and Page, I'm just explaining, Struck and Page were, were lovers, but they were also right. investigating the Trump candidacy, and, and the Hilton, and the Clinton candidacy, uh, and, the Trump, and the Trump presidency, um, and, you know, they're saying, oh, they're anti-Trump texts. These are not anti-Trump texts. There are anti-Trump texts, but there was so much more. Like, for example, Lisa Page says, Trump's not going to win, is he? and he says no we are going to stop it this is the top russia expert in the fbi head of counterespionage espionage. Uh, and he says we're going to stop trump from winning you know and we're going to you know so these are conspiracy texts these are collusion texts that's the real thing. there's collusion. your collusion yep. there's the
0: collusion
2: right and i say it all the time it's in black and white it's written but then this is the, this is their method, their modus of operandi, right? This is uh, John Brennan, Peter Strzok, James Clapper, all of them, based on their intelligence training. Deny everything, admit nothing, make counter accusations. And that's what they do over and over and over again. And they expect us to buy it. And you know why they don't like us, why they don't like you, why they don't like me, why they were too busy, even their, uh, Russia, the ambassador to Ukraine, Maria Ivanovich, was spying on our text messages, my, I mean, my social media, and, uh, and all of the strangeness that happened during my investigations of them is because they can't figure out how, how, how we're stuck like bulldogs to them, you know, to this story, to expose the truth. They're, they're trying to exhaust us. They're trying to exhaust the American people so that it is just a story, so that it isn't really a crime and it is a crime, and mm-hmm. they are all criminals, and yeah. you're 100% right, Fallon, you're 100% right. Those are conspiracy texts, and they say we should be worried about Russia and China. I say, my God, we have so much more to be worried about. We have to be worried about what's yeah. happening right here in the yes. United States by people we trained.
1: Just to come away from, from the Russia uh, uh, and the, the, the FBI, Obama get. by the way, if you want to help support Obama get. The, the Obamagate movie, we still need to raise some money for it, so go to ObamagateMovie.com. I, I want to talk now about you know the the, pol- the politics of this world that we're in. The debates um, uh, are coming up. The problem is that if Biden wins this election, this investigation will be shut down.
2: Which makes me very suspicious as to why William Barr and John Durham as much as I want to respect them and believe in them and believe that they are abiding by the rule of law. I mean, this is their legacy. If anything, this is the legacy that they will leave behind. You know, Peter Strzok wants to talk about how compare President Trump to Nazis. And, you know, Biden tries to compare him to Joseph Goebbels, you know, and says that he's, you know, this. uh, no. The Nazis killed 20 million people, of which six million were Jews and exterminated. That propaganda that's coming from Brennan and Strzok and these I personally enemies of our state. Yes. They are the enemies of our state. So, I mean, that's the reason why we I do what I do. I mean, and that's the reason why these stories were so important to me, because you know, my husband uh, was wounded in Afghanistan in 2011, lost his eyesight there. Um, a lot of people I know and love, and I love your cat, cat. sorry, no, I love it. no, 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 I've, yeah, that's scary i go. I've got a couple myself and I've got my dog sleeping right here beside me, so right. don't, no worries. Um, but because of that, you know, I, there's a lot of sacrifices that we've all made as people. Our families have immigrated, we've immigrated. Um, uh, others have gone to fight in battles in war to protect a Constitution that we that we love and adore and is a part of our whole plan. I mean, people from all over the world make up America. We're all Americans. But when somebody destroys that and takes that foundation and rips it apart, when they're supposed to be the ones that are protecting it, they're the worst kind of criminals. Yeah. They're the worst kind of criminals.
0: Yeah. Well, that's certainly our, our intention is to try and expose this, uh, you know, add to the kind of work that you've been doing, the extraordinary work that you've yeah. been doing. We're kind of doing it on the, on the entertainment front. By the way, quick question. Did you watch The Comey Rule?
2: So mad I did, but I'm going to. Yeah. I am. I, don't, I, I know I shouldn't even give the ratings. Yeah. All I want to see is Lovebirds. I want to see <laughs> Lovebirds Thank on you. Netflix right now or on, you know, Amazon yeah, yeah. or wherever. Yeah. That's yeah. where I want to see. I want to see your movie out there because i it's disgusting. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. And then I'm just going to have one of those Twitter moments like the president has, you know, where he's like <laughs> tweeting out to the world every five seconds, like, I can't believe this. We got
0: to see it early on, actually. We had what were they, uh, the, the, the Comey rule, and they did They did a very, I mean, here's the kind of thing that they did, because obviously, as you know, Obamagate is all verbatim. It's all the actual words. And the FBI And work. the FBI lovebirds, all of it's verbatim. We didn't make anything up. But there's a moment in it, in the Comey rule, where well, they show Strzok and Lisa Page. Yeah, well,
1: first of all, they don't mention the text messages at all.
2: Of course right? they don't. They don't
1: mention, there is no mention of them sending anti-Trump text messages at all. However, they translate one of the text messages into a conversation. In a scene in a room. In a scene in a room. In a bedroom. Yeah, between uh, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. It's not a text message. And it's this one, the one I talked to you earlier. It's, um, she's saying, Trump's not gonna win, right? Right? And he says, no, we're going to stop it. And that's the accurate. That's
0: the actual text.
1: That's the actual text. Then she then says, what? In the Comey rule. In, in the Comey rule, what, the FBI? And he goes, no, no, we, the American people. So they misrepresent the text completely.
2: Yeah. They never said that. Yes, no. correct. Yeah. The American correct. people was never a part, no, they were going to stop it because he was head of the Russia, yeah. right? He was, he, was, he was the top guy, uh, the, the, the supervisor in charge of this, and he thought they would be able to stop it. In fact, they didn't believe, even for a moment, that President Trump would actually win. They just had that insurance policy, right? Yep. And they actually got insurance on themselves during the- Oh my gosh. I thought was so great. We didn't even talk about that, that the agents actually took out insurance that were dealing with a Flynn investigation because they were terrified, right? They were terrified that. that they would be sued Yeah. because of their, they were doing everything wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's- incorrect. I think
2: they should be sued. I think they should be sued. I think yeah, that just... there should be a lawsuit bigger yeah. bigger than anything that's ever been thrust at the U.S. government, at the agency. I think that Mike Flynn should do it yes. and get yeah. that for family.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea because like a man like that to have, been, to have been through what he's been through and it's not even over yet. Um, it's nope. just, it's, it's frightening. You were at
1: the FBI Lovebirds. Weren't
0: you?
2: I loved it. Yes. Thank you. I was there with my husband, actually, and friends of mine. And there were actually some former FBI guys that I knew, retired FBI guys that I knew that were there. So I know some of them came up and and yeah. talk to
0: you. It was a great night. It was a really a fun night in DC. Yeah, um, we need to do it again. So have you been spending a lot of time at home? And if you have, have you been cooking? And what's your go-to yes, recipe? This is, our,
1: this is the questions ah. we always we ask. We always ask
0: everyone these two questions. Yes.
2: Okay. So yes, I have been spending a lot of time at home. I'm really happy though. The last few months I've been getting out a lot more. Thank goodness but COVID has been driving, I mean, everybody into the home. So, yes, I have been cooking a lot more. And my go-to recipes, believe it or not, are all my Cuban recipes that my mom taught me from when I was little. So I always call it the Cuban poor man's food, like the black beans and rice, paella, um, ropa vieja, which is like they call it old clothes. It's like... um, what is the other? Oh, my chicken recipes. I'm trying to think of my, my kids' favorite. Chicken fricassee is one of their favorites. Um, I did make a beef bourguignon. I love oh, that. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. but usually, yeah, it's, it's the best. Tell us what old
0: clothes is. What, what's that? Tell us. I'm kind of intrigued by that. How do you make old clothes?
2: It's like a shredded meat. And I honestly, it's just with beef. I think some, like a very long time ago, like in Argentina, for example, and other places, they used to use horse meat. I do not. So just for everyone out there, I love horses. No way, ho- no. no. No way, Jose. I can't Get believe no it, way, I said that. No, no way, dead. horse I, your, look, Notice your cat is coming back. It's like, wait. I'm yeah, going to that that's <laughs> like <laughs> he's one yeah. wondering how they look to go to
0: the toilet they no. it's like a yeah.
2: delicious shredded marinated beef and wine and other seasonings and it's beautiful and you put it over rice put it over a bed of rice and it's quite delicious so but um uh and and then I do the chicken frikeh which is I think is absolutely delicious too uh, I love how, cooking how, I love How do you do the, How do you do the chicken How do you do the chicken I cook chicken free. I sa- I sauté it first, yeah, um, in a in a deep dish pan, you know. And I use a little bit of garlic and olive oil and a little bit of seasoning. And I sear it, and then I add fresh tomatoes and like a tomato sauce, um, wine. Um, I usually sauté on the side like onions and some bell pepper and make that very aromatic, you know, kind of add mm-hmm. the se- and I just keep going. I'm like my grandmother. I just keep adding different things. I'm kind of like. Like one of those fun cooks. Like somebody will ask me like, well, how did this taste so delicious? How did you, well, ask Christy Swanson. I made some pasta for her and her husband when they stayed at my house a few weeks ago. Okay, Maybe we were like three weeks ago. But I, by the way, Christy and Dean Kane are two of the most amazing people That I have ever met. They're just, their souls are so beautiful and their spirit and they're friends of mine now for life. I just think they're just wonderful human beings. And I'm always like stunned because I remember Hollywood too. But it's like, you know, to find that golden gem, you know, just true to their soul person, it's just pretty incredible.
0: Well, we're very, very, you know, blessed to have them in the Obamagate. And as you said, they're, and they're great together. They're really good friends. Yeah. So they play off each other very, very well and they support each other very well. So we're really lucky. So thank you yeah. for saying that about them. And then the last question we ask everyone is that they've, they've got a piece of art that they could share with our listeners, a piece of art that means a lot to them and that uh, could be something that they could learn about.
2: Yes, actually, I, I do. At first, I was I was thinking of something different, but this is the piece of art. James Deeds. So if anybody wants to go out there and look at James Dietz, his work, my um, husband is a retired Delta Force commando. Um, so they are, you okay. know, a very special brand of men, you know, and warrior and fighter, and they're they're incredible people. James Dietz has done a series of art for them. You can see it on the internet. You know, we have them around the house, the prints, um, and they're quite beautiful from Kosovo, to uh, Black Hawk Down, to the wars in Afghanistan, it's really these incredible paintings um, that I that have touched my heart. You know, um, the guys have been through a lot. A lot yes. of, you know, our war fighters have, and they've put a lot on the line and some of them their own lives. We lost uh, one of our best friends in Afghanistan uh, and his friend, Nate, but those pieces of art mean something because when people come over and they see it, they see the prints, you know, um, I don't actually have the actual paintings, everyone. So just so you know, I only have the prints. I'm sure the actual paintings are worth far more than I could ever afford.
0: I think you mentioning that art, by the way, and we'll put that up and people will get to see that. I think it's a great context actually for your work, because when you think about the people that you're exposing, how, how despicable they are. When you think of these heroes that go out to Afghanistan, to Iraq, that had gone out there and fought for the rest of us and for the freedoms that we enjoy here, and to think that these treacherous, despicable people are working with this in this deep state to undermine all those values, to undermine the the whole the whole the whole beautiful thing that the Republic is is it's really despicable. So it's actually a kind of a. It's inter- I think it's a beautiful counterpoint to that. And I'd feel negligent if I didn't ask about your husband. You said that he was. Wh- how did you did, he, did you say he lost his sight?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he lost his sight in two thousand eleven. He was actually wounded on Easter Sunday. Um. Had uh, major surgeries. Uh. I can't even tell you how many. They couldn't save his eyesight, but his life was saved, and he's amazing. We have a guide dog. He eventually went back to work, uh, actually, this time, though, with State Department not doing what he did before. um, But he has amazing life. We had a beautiful baby girl afterwards. uh, Total surprise for us. (laughs) Um, And she keeps us really busy. She's eight years old, and she is a handful. And just this, I, I feel really blessed. I feel really blessed, and I feel like... Even if it's tough, and even though he can't drive me anywhere anymore, which is probably the most frustrating part of it. Although Uber takes over. Uber yeah. takes over for our date nights, you know. But, um, but it's like, I feel so blessed because I feel like, you know what, we understand, at least as a family, we understand. And I know other military families out there and people do, what it means to make a sacrifice for something yes. that you believe in what it means to want to fight for something and how fragile, you know, our democracy really is. And Anne, you said it better than anyone else. I mean, these people are despicable. And Bellum, you know, without you telling the story, without people willing to stand up to it, it's, these are difficult times now. You don't find many people willing to stand up and to stand up for the right thing. Most people would rather just ignore that and not <laughs> take the heat you know, yeah. and you're willing to do that. And I mean, well, for me, that's everything. Well, we are Just, so you know, there's Fighters like you out there, you know, you're fighters too. <laughs> you guys are fighting too. You're fighting for the truth.
0: Well, thank you Fine. so much. We really appreciate it, Sarah. And thank you so much for your time. Um, I think the America did does well having a journalist like yourself Fighting for the truth, we're we're all very very grateful.
1: And uh, we hope we will. You'll be the first to know about ObamaGate when yes. we're, we're editing at the moment, and we look be forward actually. to sharing it with you. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah! I want to be on the red carpet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want an invite, Eve COVID and everything. I will wear my mask, my tanks, my bubble wrap. I don't know whatever you need. Okay. great sarah. thank you so thank much you. thank you bye 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 well
0: that was great yes that was really great what an amazing what a wonderful person we got yes. we got very lucky getting yes. getting to know sarah carter and we got very lucky that she came to the fbi lovebirds with her friends yes. so um yeah i mean
1: an amazing person and amazing family and Hopefully, hopefully, the, hopefully, the journalism just keeps coming. So.
0: so we've come to the end of the show, but we, we don't want to end without telling you something very important that you need to do right now. Something that you know, I think, I think with these confirmation hearings that are going to start quite soon, people might be saying like, "What could I do? I'd love to do something." You know, here's what you can do to remind yourself of how um, Republican uh, candidates who have been, you know, who have been nominated to the Supreme Court have been treated in the past. Created equal the documentary, it's called Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words, which we talked about before in the show, and I know we've shown a clip of of it before. We're we're gonna end the show actually with a clip from that. Um, It's going to be available nationwide from Tuesday the 6th of October and you can order it on iTunes but you can order it right now it'll be on iTunes Apple TV and all those it's good places all prices, all right? video
1: all digital or video on demand platforms so but pre please pre order it now so we can get it to the top of the best sellers so list. basically
0: yeah if you do it right now you know the numbers all the numbers will be counted it'll start to become maybe the number one selling video on iTunes which is what it which we we'd like which, that which will
1: then will bring more people to it and
0: more people would learn the story of what happened to Clarence Thomas and it's maybe The kind of homework everyone needs to do in advance, by the way, of these uh, confirmation hearings that will be starting on October the 12th.
1: Yes, And 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 in advance of the election, by the way, because one of his chief inquisitors, uh, was uh, uh, Kamala Harris oh no sorry with well, Joe, Joe Biden, Biden
0: and one of the chief the chief inquisitor on this occasion by the way be, with, um, be ACB, be with ACB with yes. ACB will be uh, Kamala, Kamala Harris but I think and I just want to say this the, the documentary is really fabulous we've seen it a number of times and we'll watch it again by the way if you were looking for something educational to offer children of I would say what age film? by the way any age Any, any age. you know you, you've got smart kids any age you could do nothing better for them during this COVID lockdown time than to sit down as a family and watch the Clarence do- Clarence Thomas documentary and then talk about it as a family. I mean, what an amazing life! What an amazing man! I, I think we talked about this before. Is he the is he the poorest person who ever ended up at the Supreme Court? Was brought up by his grandparents who were illiterate. I mean, it's an amazing story. And what happened to him during the confirmation hearings? You know, a disgraceful moment that, that, that you know, cries to heaven for vengeance, yeah. as, they, as they say. As he said himself, um, it was a high-tech lynching of an uppity black man. Who had um, the wrong opinions. Who had the wrong opinions. Let's just watch, very quickly, let's watch um, the trailer for that, for that documentary.
3: Someplace in my life, the roads had split off. I was no longer in the world that was my comfort zone. I was never going to be a part of that world. The problem is I could never go back completely to the world I came from. I wandered the streets by myself. I was six. You were hungry and didn't know when you'd eat. The note said, I like Martin Luther King. You open up the inside, and it just had the word dead. I would rather down the highways of Alabama than make a butchery of my conscience. I prayed for guidance, but instead of comfort, I found only sorrow and confusion. He said that I was to leave his house, the only real home I'd ever known. Where could I go? What would I do? So you'd still like to serve on the Supreme Court? I'd rather die than withdraw from the process. The I saw what I had become. I didn't even care about it. didn't care about getting hurt. It was bad. We're supposed to be revolutionaries. I'm just angry, lashing out at every single thing. I had decided to vote for Ronald Reagan. It was a giant step for a black man. I will
1: nominate Judge Clarence Thomas to serve as Associate Justice of the United
3: States Supreme Court. That's when all heck broke loose. Do help you
0: I do. Judge Thomas began to use work situations to discuss sex. Not at all sure that Clarence Thomas is going to survive this.
3: As a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching. I hey, mean, come on. We know what this is all about. This is the wrong black guy. He has to be destroyed. Just say it.
0: Please, please buy it on iTunes or anywhere that you've got streaming. Look it up. It's called um, Created Equal Clarence Thomas in his own words. And that's us. That's us for this week. Okay, see you next week.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.